0: Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hello. Is this thing working? It has been a very, very long time. But we're back. We got a podcast. Kind of a last-minute podcast. I think I uh, decided yesterday that I was going to do a podcast this week. I just couldn't go any longer. Even though we don't really have anything planned. We're just going to shoot the shit a little bit. Um catch up i i I honestly haven't talked to james in a while i've been really busy so it'll be fun we'll just kind of catch up talk about a few things and uh maybe get into what my plan is for the future as far as the podcast and everything uh might be making a few changes so we'll talk about that a bit but before we do let's get the business shits out of the way we are Recording this podcast live on twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio, N-A-V-I-O. We record them live. We stream them. uh, We got people in chat interacting with us. So if you hear us randomly answer a question, that's why. Uh, If you're listening to this out there on, uh, you know, whatever platform it is, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, we invite you to come join us. Come hang out. Come experience the live version of the podcast. Also, don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel. The link is down in the description. Uh, It's twitch.tv... (laughs) YouTube.com forward slash Jimmy Navio. Uh, Also, this podcast goes out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find your fine podcasts. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, hit us up at hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com and that's it so without further ado i'll bring on my good friend james and we'll have ourselves a little chat hello
1: well hello there
0: now first thing i have to point out that i noticed when we were talking before we started that's not the same room
1: wait a minute it's not hold on
0: (laughs) where are you
1: past couple weeks but no, you're right Elaborate. It's a new room. Where are you? <laughs> Let me finish speaking, Jimmy. You're <laughs> interrupting me. So I'm back in California for the summer, and I've moved into my grandmother's old bedroom. Nice. Out.
0: So you got your own room back at home. For those who have been with us for a while on the podcast, you'll remember usually when James goes home to uh, California, he's sharing a room with his brother.
1: Uh, three brothers.
0: Three brothers. They're all real close. Mm-hmm. So close, we got to hear his brother play Fortnite on various occasions during the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it it's happens. kind of well, it happens. Well, it's kind of exciting to that you have uh, your own room to stream and and do. Uh, now you just need a green screen. That's like the. I it's like it the perfect it? yeah
1: like looking at it in the camera now I'm like there's more than enough space to just put up a screen like right here I would just need like a second light to the right of me and the lighting would be great
0: yeah you should do it man um there's a, there's an affiliate link down there on my uh <laughs> my profile for a good green screen for like 80 bucks with two lights the same setup I use so mm. you should you should check it out um so where are you you're in california correct i am so are you officially a graduate
1: oh no oh no i, I thought you were I done got, got one more year
0: one more year
1: one more and then i'm done
0: oh i got my hopes up i thought you were done this year i my mistake so one more year back at home <laughs> do my taxes james nuclear goo says that's the
1: first thing my parents told me. They were like, wait a minute. "Christian," because that's what they call me. Because my dad is also named James. They were like, "Christian," wait a minute, don't you don't you know how to file taxes now? And I was like, "I do." And it's like, then why do we pay an accountant to do our taxes? And I'm like, "You can pay me instead."
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't doing that shit for free. Um, are your parents paying for your education at all?
1: Uh, other than co-signing some loans not very
0: okay because getting-
1: I've uh, made most of my tuition is paid for through scholarships oh nice so I'm only I only have to front like three grand a year
0: that's not bad at all you could probably mm-hmm. cover that with some YouTube videos <laughs> Um. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, because if they were funding it, then you know you're kind of obligated to do their tax. The, you know they're basically investing in you becoming their accountant. <laughs> they're letting well, you live there too, so there's that.
1: hmm Rent free for one more year. I don't know what the what their plan is. They're like, well, you know, you're you're working full time now. It's like you got to start paying some rent.
0: Yep. Oh, I'm I'm peeking a little bit. Let me turn my. I haven't done this in a while, so my levels are kind of all over the place. we we'll, we'll fix it in post um so how long have you been back in california
1: it's a 22nd so like 17 days like two and a half weeks
0: i thank you for bringing this uh this cold weather with you i appreciate uh i think this is the coldest rainiest may we've had in california in quite some time i'm really i'm really enjoying it a lot yeah
1: i found it really weird Cause I was like, oh, I don't need to bring, you know, my, like a bunch of my hoodies and my warm stuff. Like it's going to be warm in California. And then I wake up, it's 55 degrees and there's like a storm outside. And I was like, ah, I made a mistake. (laughs) Came back too early.
0: Yeah. By the way, I need to ask you, um, you, you should probably wait. When do you, you're home all summer, right? When do you go back?
1: I'll be going back, I believe, August twentieth.
0: Okay, because there we just began the planning phases of a uh, potential bachelor shindig, um, mm-hmm. and if you're in California, you're you're definitely invited. So if if it ends up being before you go back, which there's a chance that it could be, I think, depending on. What works for everyone else. The uh, the groomsmen are going to uh, find a date that works for them, and then we're gonna invite all the other people that we want to be there. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you can sit outside the bars. No, I just can't. Wow, that's
1: <laughs> I'm used to that already. I, did that, too,
0: I know. Yeah, I remember at TwitchCon, you're like, "Let's go in here." Like, oh, James can't go in there no but I, I it's
1: like it's like that one meme from spongebob they're just in the they're just in the crusty crowd just out there like hey guys i'm out here don't worry about it
0: yeah no i think we don't want to do the stereotypical bachelor party thing i i don't think the plan is to like gamble and drink and like i don't want to do vegas or anything uh they've thrown around ideas like shooting guns Possible dune buggies, possible—I don't know. We're gonna—we're just gonna do something like fun, mm-hmm. um, and maybe like Airbnb a house for the weekend somewhere and just do a bunch of fun shit. So, so yeah, I'll have to see if if we can find a date that works before you go back.
1: Mm, keep me posted.
0: I will. Gotta have my co-host there. We'll have lots of stuff to talk about on the, on the, the new hit the bucket podcast. We should throw a new in front of it. Like every, every so many months or something, just like change the title slightly, get people excited. Season two. It's good marketing. Um, that being said, I was kind of throwing around some ideas to James before the podcast, and this is not for sure, but I think I personally, you know, we, we, we've taken a break. James was doing school. I'm doing wedding stuff, among other things. And but it gave me a lot of time to think about um, the podcast and what I want to do with it. I definitely want to keep doing it, but I think I want to take a more specific direction. Uh, I'm not sure what that is yet. It's definitely still going to be internet and meme and game related. But rather than just being a general podcast, I think we're gonna we're gonna narrow in on either you know specific games or specific people or specific topics, and make it something where you have more like something specific to look forward to every week. Because uh, we were kind of joking about how like one week it'll be all about uh, memes and and uh, you know internet controversy, and the next week it's all about taxes and. California wildfires and shit so you know it's not every week isn't necessarily for everyone and we know that you know people enjoy one episode and be like oh cool I'll check out a couple more and then like hate the next three episodes because there's something about something completely different um so I think I think we're gonna we're gonna be playing around with some different themes and ideas for the show so if anyone wants to get involved with that we do as I mentioned have an email address. At hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, throw ideas out in uh, chat or in the Discord, or you know, there's tons of ways to get a hold of us. Um, we really want to make this a show that you guys want to enjoy listening to, and we already have a few ideas of our own. But if you know, if you're like, oh, I always wanted to hear a podcast about this, you know, about carrots, <laughs> yeah, let's get real specific, let's just get like uncomfortably specific about vegetables and just every week just feature a different vegetable. Who knows? No, it's it's still going to be internet culture, gaming, meme type stuff. But I think, like I said, I just want to get m- more specific uh, and have you know maybe topics that are planned ahead of time that we can kind of announce. That we can be like, hey, this week we're going to be talking about blah, blah, blah. So... Look forward to that. I think I think it's going to be good. All the podcasts that I enjoy the most, I think, are the ones that are the most specific. So I realized that I'm like, all the ones I listen to are the complete opposite of the one I make. I was like, I really like that podcast where they talk about, you know, all the ones that Lady Navia watch, listens to or watches, like some of the video podcasts. They're all very specific about like murder mystery and like uh you know they're themed podcasts you know what you're getting every week and so i think i think we're gonna work on that a little bit hello machine with your beautiful sexy rainbow bucket i don't care what gator pete says it's the new brightest emote on twitch
1: i don't know you're competing with the brightest yellow burb i've ever seen
0: (laughs) i'm just gonna crank up the game like Every week and on, it's eventually it's just going to be like a bright white bucket. Um, double rainbow all the way. Um So have you been following any of the classic WoW stuff?
1: A little bit, a little bit. I've been catching some streams like here and there. I'm trying not to get like too sucked into the hype because it's like, if I get super sucked into it and I'm like, Oh, I really want to play it. One, it drops in August, which is when I go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Those
0: motherfuckers do that on purpose. I
1: know they're like, if we get these people, you know, early in the semester, they'll drop out and they'll just keep playing. So not a good idea for my senior year to get sucked in a wild classic. And I don't know if I'd enjoy it. That's another thing. Cause I, I see people like play it and it looks fun and they're having fun. But it's like, how much do I think I would enjoy it? Because although I'm a fan of grindy games, it is like, it's wild WoW classic. Like that's
0: it's the grind.
1: It's it, 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 yeah, it's the grind. It's before they started introducing like all those like mechanics that you don't see to keep you playing because they didn't need it at the time. So it's right. like, would I enjoy that? Would I really enjoy rating and blues? And then maybe one day finally getting a purple, and that's like the pinnacle of like my gaming career in WoW classic
0: yeah um Mashif asks the question it's just old wow what's the big deal so i i can't answer this because i never played classic wow i've actually never played wow but i do have friends who are super into it who i've had lots of conversations with it about uh one friend in particular my friend tony he uh he talks about how the classic wow experience because it was so grindy uh it's just something about it as far as how rewarding it is. Cause you could grind for hours and never find a weapon. And then you get that dagger drop or whatever. And it just feels so good that like, Oh, I finally like this change. Like every time you get a, a good drop, it completely changes the experience. Whereas like, if you play Diablo or something, shit's dropping all over the place. So it kind of like dulls the experience of like finding stuff. Whereas like when, when you worked hours to get something, it, it's, it's that much more rewarding i guess and so that's a big part of it and then he also said that like he's one of the people i know a lot of people who feel this way but he feels like it was a pretty solid game up until burning crusade and then like burning crusade was basically like the pinnacle of wow and uh and then after that like the later expansions i guess just got for a lot of people who are hardcore fans it just got worse and worse until a lot of them ended up leaving the game Mm because it wasn't that original classic experience that they expected um so i mean the proof is in the pudding in the sense that there's a ton of people always trying to spin up private wow servers (laughs) Mm-hmm. there they exactly. like there's there's so many people that are still interested in playing it that there's a market for like these illegal private wow servers that same friend tony his brother used to run like three private wow servers and made a shit ton of money like in the early no i want to say yeah probably like the early 2000s um just like he had his own servers and people would pay donate money to him to maintain these these illegal servers and he eventually got shut down but there's a demand for it. People want that classic experience, and it's obvious. Like n- the people in the private beta are grinding the shit out of it. Like Soda Pop, and I think has been playing it almost nonstop. The first mm-hmm. day he got on the beta, he played for more than 24 hours.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the largest stream I saw was Asmund Gold, and he was sitting at like a hundred k plus viewers. Like, yeah, the hype is there. People have been wanting this.
0: Yeah, and I so for me, the reason that I'm interested in playing it is because I never played WoW, Mm -hmm. so I don't have any impression of it whatsoever. And so I'm interested in having the first time I I get the benefit of having the first time vanilla WoW experience that because a lot of people, you know, they, they compare your first time playing WoW to like your first time doing, you know, cocaine or heroin or weed or something where like you'll never like that first experience is you'll never you'll spend the rest of your life chasing that experience right that's what that's the danger of a lot of those drugs is like that first experience will always be the best experience because you can never do it again you can never have another first experience and so that's why i'm kind of excited i i thought multiple times about jumping into wow and my friends kept telling me ah it's no good anymore ah it's no good anymore and once classic wow came out I hit up my same friends and they're like, dude, you need to play Classic WoW day one and have your first time experience. And they're all jealous. They're like, I wish I could play WoW for the first time again. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to doing it just for that reason, whether or not I continue to play it and grind it, it's incredibly grindy. And I really don't have the time to like get to a place where I'd even be able to like do insane raids and stuff but I think it would be fun to play casually and have that first time wow experience just so I can kind of relate to people who have played that game for decades (laughs) you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and it's it's funny to me like a lot of the like mechanics and systems that are in like MMOs now that wow classic like doesn't have and people are like they're looking forward to it it's like there are no summoning stones so you go to the city and you find like 19 other people to do a raid and then you all walk for half an hour to the raid because <laughs> mounts aren't a thing yet. Cause it's like the first mount you get is at like level 30. So you're just walking around everywhere. And then you get there, oh, some guy disconnected. We gotta walk all the way back, get a new guy and then go back. It's like all that stuff too. That's like part of the experience.
0: Well, yeah. And some of that was by design, right? Because by not giving you a mount for a while and forcing you to walk around, you memorize where everything is you learn the maps and stuff so it was fun to see people who hadn't played it in such a long time when they got their first quest and they like pulled up their map to look at where to go and it doesn't show you where to go yeah <laughs> they're like oh shit i gotta find it
1: <laughs> yeah it's like talk to this guy at the like do at like the arthraki mountain you open the map it's like where is this mountain
0: yeah, there's no, like, mission indicator. It's like, no, you got to walk around and find that shit and kill some monsters along the way.
1: Yeah, you talk to an NPC, and it's like, oh, there's a, a road sign, like, that way. And you're like, oh, okay, walk down this way, see a road sign. It's like, there's stuff this way and that way. Like, figure it out. You'll find it.
0: Well, and the original game, you know, that video that I think Gator Pete posted on the discord, the original game was designed to encourage you to group up and team up with other people from the very beginning. Like the first bosses you encounter are not easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and, and if you, 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 you learn very quickly that if you team up, then you will progress much faster. It's just designed that way. It's designed as an MMO in a world full of people where if you work together, you're going to have a better time. And that's kind of exciting. Like in that video, he was like, man, this is going to take forever. And then some guy invited him to kill to like team up and farm and he was like oh this is way better you know and it's just like mm-hmm. naturally he was like eventually he was in a team of like four people and they're like you know grinding out the quest together just because they can get it done so much faster that way and yet they weren't even people he knew they were just like running around the world and like hey want to kill these together mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i think that's i think that's what people are looking forward to as well because like these days if you like you haven't played wow but i went back at the uh, at the battle for Azeroth expansion and you jump in, and it's like, oh, like the next quest I need to do involves me doing a dungeon. Well, let me open up the dungeon finder, and it will automatically find people trying to do the same dungeon, and then it'll just throw us into the instance. Whereas now in Wild Classic, it's if you want to run a dungeon, you go in the you go in that chat LFG trying to look for some party members for this. We already got three DPS. We need a tank and a healer. Like, come on, let's make it happen.
0: Right. Which, I mean, I guess I have mixed feelings about that. Obviously, like, designing systems that make things easier is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does kind of take away from just the organic experience of trying to find people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and once you find that group of people, like, I know I my first job that I had when I was going to school in Utah i was a software tester and there was this guy that worked there who was like a hardcore wow like raider and stuff and you know i remember there'd be times where he'd like get a get a a message or like whatever and he's like oh shit, i gotta go my raid is in 30 minutes and like he would talk about like his guild members and stuff like he he had a legitimate connection to this group of people because he finally had like this group of people that all got along worked together were able to meet up at the same time but he found them through wow it wasn't like people that he knew or it wasn't you know just like through matchmaking it was like organically this group of people had built up a guild mm-hmm. and like that's i don't know there's something there's something cool about that I, I i don't know i think i i'm looking forward to giving it a shot i think The internet is cool like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, exactly. And I think that's why when, when you automate everything, it kind of takes away from that because you don't have to, you don't have to plan, right? You can just be like, oh, I'll just show up and hit join queue. And it'll fill, it'll fill me in the role that needs to be filled in a group that's waiting for me or whatever. And so Uh you never really get to know those people. You never have to plan anything. It's just like, no, I'm just filling a slot so I can get the stuff and move on to the next place.
1: Yeah, maybe every once in a while, one guy's just like, "Hey, like you did pretty good. Like you want to add me as a friend, and we'll run some dungeons like at another time." It's like that happens, but doesn't happen often.
0: Right. So, I don't know. I think, mm-hmm. I think I'll definitely try it. I don't think I'm gonna become, you know, mark my word. I don't know. <laughs> a year from now, I'm gonna like have no job and be living on the streets because I. It squandered my life on wow no i don't see that happening i think i'm old enough and i have enough self-control that i can play it casually i didn't play it when it came out because i knew that it would fucking ruin my life i i actively avoided playing wow but now i think i'm you know i'm 35 i think i can you know walk away from <laughs> from grinding uh how old is that game how many years old is it
1: uh, it's like Seventeen years old.
0: Yeah, I don't think I need to dedicate too much time. Like, is it that old to a seventeen-year-old MMO? Plus, you got it was Warframe. Two
1: thousand one and released in two thousand four.
0: Yeah, two thousand four. That's right. Yeah, it came out when I was still in Brazil. And that's another reason I kind of missed the initial like hype of it. By the time i came back all my friends were already playing it and they were already like had like high level characters and shit. so i was like ah, i'm gonna go play counter-strike <laughs> like yeah. i didn't for me to like catch up and i don't know it just it didn't appeal to me because i didn't organically like have that experience with my friends i got back and everyone's like hey we are we're playing this game called wow you should join our guild and i'm like yeah but I I don't know anything about it, <laughs> and you guys are all like I don't know. Jumping into a culture or a world that already exists always feels harder than like when you grow up with it, you know.
1: Yeah, I if, feel that.
0: If that makes sense, it's like being the new kid at school. Like everyone's already got their groups of friends, so it's always like kind of you yeah. Know. It's
1: like you see the established like cliques, but you're like I can't just enter them. Yeah, it takes time, and someone's, someone's got to like think you're cool enough to join them and then you gotta figure out like the culture it's weird
0: yeah like oh well our guild is full we already have all our roles filled but like because they were my friend they would try and be like well you know you could play a you could play a rogue or something in, you know in case like we need a backup or whatever it's just like no, nah, yeah. I'm I'm good <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I think I ended up picking up wow at some point or uh sorry league of legends
2: mm-hmm.
0: around then right how old is League of Legends pretty old too I feel like it's been around for
1: League is like it's old I don't think it's that old though because I remember it being announced when I was in middle school so that's like 2009
0: oh okay I wonder what I was playing then I definitely missed Han the... maybe Han that one came out first right
1: yeah Han, Han was first I don't know maybe you played some Dota
0: I did, I was playing like Warcraft 3 custom maps, and I was playing Counter-Strike, and Starcraft, Quake 3. I think I played a lot of like single-player games when I got back from my mission too. Um, Just because, oh yeah, 2K, yeah, the old Unreal Tournament games were awesome. I enjoyed those quite a bit. I think but after being gone for two years and not being able to play games i remember like there was a list of single player games that i was like already ready like i'm like two years that's a long time i gotta catch up on all these games so i think i like kind of became a hermit and just played a lot of the single player stuff that i had missed for a couple years and then uh kind of went back into my backlog i think like diablo 2 i definitely got back into that a bit just yeah never wow was I didn't let it happen. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm excited. I think uh, it'll be fun. If nothing else, it'll be a fun little experiment. Maybe I'll stream it.
1: My room has been invaded.
0: Oh, oh, you got a cat? No, it's my dog. Oh, a dog. Dogs are cool too, I guess.
1: Wait a minute. That, her head is like at waist level. What do you mean? That's a cat.
0: I can't. I can't see it. I I crop like a... uh,
1: okay. I so see it. Ah, okay. So they can't see that I'm petting a beautiful doggo right now.
0: They just see you kind of looking over, and there you go.
1: Mhm. She was kind of spooked today because there was a thunderstorm. She was having none of it. She hates water. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ooh. Uh, you play anything else new? Anything? Yeah. I I noticed you've been. I have seen you playing a little bit of Minion Masters, but uh, on, I know you're pretty you're pretty bummed about where it's at right now balance-wise, so I won't talk a about little, it too yeah. much. 1.0 is coming out, I guess that's worth mentioning, but they really need to, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping that once they push out the official 1.0 version that they go back to their normal cycle of balance patches and stuff, because
1: that's what we're all hoping.
0: <laughs> it needs it. I mean, there's, there's...
1: <sighs> there's so many of us that are like, like the original like old vets that have been playing for like two plus years and we're all just like at first we were seeing the changes and we were pretty cool with it because like stuff was there was communication and then more changes were happening and then it felt like they weren't listening and then we got four months of people complaining about the same like overpowered stuff and nothing happening about it if it was any longer for 1.0, the, fi- the like the 1.0 launch, I think I have I probably would have put it down for a while too. Because I know most of the my friends that play it, they've already put it down. But me, I still get in like every once in a while. Like, oh, I'll play like a few games. But it's just, it's so boring when you want to spin up like a fun, interesting deck. Like I want to play with like this card that adds three random cards to my deck and discounts them. So I'll get some insane value. It sucks when you want to like play a fun deck, and then just see the exact same archetype from every single other person you're playing against.
0: Yeah, the meta's kind of stuck. Boring. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, because back when we used to play, it was fun because there was like a lot of variation. I remember like the first time I played, I got I got a lucky roll. Like in one of my very first chests, I got a troubadour and so like i was just trying to find all these fun creative builds around troubadour just because i thought it was like the original troubadour when it came out the bagpipes were like three times as loud Mm -hmm. and a lot of people didn't even realize that that it had a taunt mechanic on it like because it was such a new game and so i just remember trolling people with troubadour uh, decks that like that was my thing. All I played like no matter what deck I w- I would build, it had to have one at least one troubadour in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I had a ton of fun, and I f- and I did fairly well. Like I I don't feel like I was you know grandmaster material, but I was definitely like slowly moving up the ranks with my silly troubadour decks. And now I feel like that doesn't really happen anymore. Like you kind of have to play the meta and then like you said you keep seeing the same shit from the same people over and over. Yeah that's what it feels like. The only thing that I mean you can kind of curb that a little bit by doing 2v2s right because there's a little more worse though. You think so?
1: There's you run into the same archetype in 1v1 and you can like kind of build your deck like to beat it which is like a bit fun for a little bit but in 2v2 it's as long as you don't run into a pre-made group, you're good. Because if you run into a pre-made group, they're, they're probably running... You're either running into a pre-made group that just wants to have a fun time and are just playing whatever, or you run into a pre-made group that are running triple rock rivals, double hypnotized, so they play three units that summon three units on your side of the field that they then hypnotize so they immediately start attacking your face and you die. And it's just like, What? <laughs> It's, it's crazy. And it's like, I forgive it a little bit just because there's, you go from 1v1 to 2v2, twice the number of players, twice the number of cards. It's There's a lot more interactions that you, they probably haven't thought about. Right. And it's so much harder to balance. But it's like, I, I've always seen 2v2 as like the more fun, like casual mode. But there's a, you run into a few people like that that are like really tryharding with a, a super like weird combo that just kills you and it's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. That sucks. Well, you know, on to better things, I guess. <laughs> if they don't so start, what I tell people it's like I
1: it's like I liked Minion Masters because it, it cost me five bucks at the time, right? Just to get in, and it was a fun experience. And I didn't have a lot of money for other games, but now I have a ton of games. Like I don't need to spend so much time just playing one.
0: Well, yeah, I mean. There's so many options out there these days. I feel like you have to be really careful as a company not to make too many missteps because people will just go to the next thing, you know? They had a solid player base and I feel like they're on you know they're in danger of kind of letting that slip away. They're gonna lose all their momentum because they've gone too long without patching, uh-huh. without balancing. So
1: that's what we're hoping they they did like show us a lot of uh, they did show the balance patch for 1.0 and it is stuff that like we were like, finally, like you're finally fixing this stuff. Right. But then there are some that they that they didn't even mention. So we're like, oh, so that's still going to be a thing because everybody complains about Guardian, which is a card that protects other minions for people that have no idea what we're talking about. And it's just it feels so oppressive and it feels like there's no point in trying to beat it cuz eventually it's going to steamroll that we're like why like just do something please yeah and it feels like it's never going to happen and it's worse too cuz we keep thinking like they're going to introduce a like a card to help like beat that archetype and then that card gets into that archetype as a tool for it and we're like oh man you join the dark side that wasn't supposed to happen
0: huh yeah, I don't know, especially when there's so many other, like, didn't, uh, didn't Valve just announce that they're working on their own version of uh, Dota um, Auto, chess. A- Auto Chess? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean... <laughs> and
1: it's pretty good, not going to say, not going to lie.
0: I, I'm pretty excited about that. Um... I obviously wish that artifact was in a better place um, it is a fun game to play but they just really made some mistakes on uh, progression and and certain things i'm not I'm not completely giving up hope on it I'm definitely not investing any time and money in it they said uh-huh. they're in it for the long haul supposedly that's the meme that everyone keeps throwing around online we're, but we're uh, keeping
1: the servers up guys don't worry about we're it we're in it
0: for the long haul that's what they said but it's easy to keep the relaunch ser- it's easy to keep a server up when there's no data that you have to pay for on that server.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: like they it's they most likely just like spun it up on some old like steam mm-hmm. servers and we're just like eh, it's not g-. we had like 100 max players yesterday we don't need to spin up anymore
0: But if hopefully what I'm hoping is that they learned all of the lessons that they needed to learn on artifact. So if they do, you know, go all in on this auto chess version that uh, they take those learning lessons and they apply them (laughs) and and they, you know, design a better experience. Because no matter how good the gameplay is these days, everything around the gameplay has to be. At least competent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it doesn't even have to be amazing, but at least, like, the systems for earning cards, for progression, for bringing people back, for wanting to play more, for investing the time and money, like, that stuff has to be at least designed adequately. Mm-hmm. You can't just put all of your hope in the fact that the gameplay is good, so people will play it. That's not, unfortunately, that's not enough these days. Unless the gameplay is just like revolutionary, you better have some other things to keep people coming back. Mm-hmm.
1: Unless it's so fresh that it just works. Cause it's like Apex. Right. Like it was so fresh, even though the genre wasn't new, that people loved it. And that's, that's kind of where Artifact like didn't work. It like, it was a really fresh take on the card game genre. But when you release a new, and this is a TCG, not a CCG like most of the other ones. Right. When you release one of those and it's not free to play and you can only get more cards by spending real money on it, people are like, well, why should I play this when any other card game on the market, I don't have to spend nearly as much money. Even though like, if you compare like, Artifact, buying cards in Artifact to buying cards in like a game like Hearthstone, Artifact is way cheaper. Right. But it doesn't feel that way when Hearthstone says, oh, you don't have to spend any money because you can earn gold. And with gold, you can buy card packs.
0: Right. Yeah, there is is no alternate route. If you want cards, you pay for them, which they were kind of going for like a digital Magic the Gathering kind of model where you buy cards, which... Magic the Gathering can get away with that because they already had that model to begin with long before they made the digital version. People are already in their minds like, oh, yeah, if I want more Magic cards or if I want a specific card, I got to buy a bunch of packs and hope I get that card. Like that's, They've been conditioned to expect that. But if you make a digital game, people are going to compare it to digital alternatives. And when you have a game like Eternal, where I feel like they're throwing cards at you, especially in the first, like, in the earlier levels of that game, and like with the, there was that Twitch Prime one that gave you like two or three like full decks. There mm-hmm. was. It gave you like forty packs. Yeah, exactly. for having Twitch Prime. Yeah, the equivalent of like multiple full decks, right? And and. You know, they're constantly having patches and upgrades and, and new cards. Even though the player base isn't like massive, Great. it has a solid player base because they have continued to make, you know, uh, what's it called? Quality of life improvements to the game over time. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they make it very easy to grind more content. Plus the tutorial in that game, like out of all the card games that I've played, I have to say like Hearthstone is finally hopefully catching up with like this whole single player thing that they're doing. But like, I really, really enjoyed the eternal uh, as a new player, the way they like have the whole kind of, you know there's there's like a whole backstory and then you play through all of those tutorial missions where they like introduce the characters and mm-hmm. the whole time you're learning to play the game but you're also like unlocking more cards and more different um types because they don't like throw all of them at you at once i think they give you like a i forget what the first deck type they give you is but was it a red deck I think it's a red deck yeah I think they give I feel you, like it was red they give you a red deck first and then you they give, they give you some basic mechanics and there's like some dialogue and some little cutscenes and then another tutorial and I feel like they really did a good job like keeping you going through the learning process and not just making it now click here, you know like mm-hmm. it was kind of there was dialogue and kind of like a backstory to the whole thing. I thought that was really fun and engaging mm-hmm.
1: and it was pretty easy to follow right. Like, you could look at a board saying and be like, I know what's going on. Whereas an Artifact, you were like, there are three boards what? <laughs> what is happening? What do you mean? Well, this, nothing makes sense.
0: Which really surprised me because I thought they would have learned their lesson from Dota 2. Because when Dota 2 first came out, there was no tutorial. They just... Oh, nope. And... and- it
1: was in beta for like, what? two, three years? And
0: they just banked on the fact that most people who played the original Dota would understand the basic mechanics of Dota 2. And, you know, that was that was a calculated risk that they took, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But then eventually they realized, oh, if we want to grow the player base, and if we want to appeal to new players, we better explain how the fuck to play this game. And so eventually now, there's like a really intuitive, like training whole there's a whole section of dota 2 that just trains you on how to play the game and it's
1: like there were whole sections it's like to get past this section last hit five creeps right because it's like last hitting is super important if you can't last hit you're not gonna ever win in the game
0: well and then they had that whole map where like you go through like it's it's an actual progressive thing where you go through Mm -hmm. the different missions like you move through the map and like all the tutorials right Um, and then they added like the whole uh, coaching system or whatever, where you know people will actually actively coach you on the game and all stuff. So yeah, like
1: the the captain's mode. yeah. Called it.
0: So you would think after going through all of that with Dota two, that they would have learned their lesson, right? But then they throw artifact at you, and there was not enough coaching there was not enough tutorial i like i really even after what little like hand holding there was i was still very much like i have no idea how to play this game (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: like Like,
1: before i picked it up and started playing it i would watch streamers play it just to figure it out and i forget which one which one i watched but i had asked a question like oh how does this mechanic work and he's like i have no idea <laughs> like i'm pre- he was like i'm pretty sure it's random but i don't know like to what extent i just know it's random and yeah. then like if you looked up a tutorial on like youtube so you could watch someone explain it they were like 40 to 50 minutes long
2: yeah no so
1: much to unpack and it's like uh that's that's a lot to learn when like you look at a different card game and it's like you tap lands and then you attack or hearthstone. It's just like you gain mana every turn you play cards. If you have the mana for it, like at its base, it was that simple. And then artifact is like, there are three lanes. You can only play cards of colors. If you have a hero of that color in each lane items, okay. Items you buy with a separate currency at the end of each round. And you're like, what is happening?
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of mechanics baked into it that are never really fully explained. And then, even like how those mechanics interact with each other. Like, I remember being confused by like, so you've got items, you've got cards, or like you've got like units, like that are, you know, you put out on the field. And then there's also those permanent effects that you can put like on a lane you know like that one that shoots the improvements yeah that shoots that shoot cannons at the end of every turn or that like you know have like effects you know and i remember just getting my ass handed to me over and over again and not understanding why until i really understood how that whole improvement system worked Because, like, at the end of every turn, I was just taking damage. And I was like, what the fuck? And I (laughs) was
1: like, like, what is hitting me? Yeah. yeah. And then you finally mouse over, like, this little metallic circle. It's just like a little
0: circle in there. triangles
1: (laughs) on it. And you're like, wait, what is this? And it's like, deals one piercing damage at the end of the round.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... Mechanically, it is a really interesting game. But I think they just, you know... Didn't do a good enough job. So all that to be said, I think I'm hoping that they learn those lessons with auto chess and that they give it a solid tutorial or something, you know, some incentive to get you to learn the game properly. Mm Because I played auto chess.
1: And you had no idea what you were doing. I played a
0: game and I was like, what the fuck? Because the timer is really fast. Like your turn yeah, timer, you 30 seconds. your first game you play, like I literally would do one thing and then my time would be out because I'd be thinking too much. I didn't like – after a while it becomes intuitive and you're like, oh, I need to do this, do this, do this. Cool, my turn's up next turn. Um, But at the beginning you're like trying to read all the tool tips and you're like trying to understand, oh, okay, so I can like roll if I want. I don't like any of these characters so I can spend a little money and roll and get like new ones that I can pick from and then, uh, you know – understanding how the the um the donkey works as far as like picking up a character and putting it on the board or going like picking up items there's like lots of little mechanics that were a little quirky but they were fairly intuitive like easy enough to learn so my first game i got my ass handed to me because i just felt like i didn't have enough time to do anything i watched a youtube video learned some of the other subtle mechanics too like the fact that uh the whole winning streak losing streak thing was a big one oh, for yeah, me because the one. first time i played i'd like win around lose around win around lose a... and that's like the worst possible thing you could do in that game cuz you you get money for winning streaks and then you get money for losing streaks so if you're never on a streak either way you're kind of just like boning yourself mhm
1: yeah i remember my first couple of games i didn't really quite understand like how to build like a good unit comp. So I would just be buying random stuff and losing like every round. I was like, oh, this sucks. But then I was watching a streamer and he's like, oh yeah, like because of the losing streak, as long as you lose a little bit, you lose some health, but you'll keep getting more money. And I was like, oh, well, since I'm always losing anyway, that could be my strategy. Just keep earning so much money by losing a little bit that eventually the quality of my units is just going to be better than the other guys and I'll win.
0: Yeah, and that is a valid strategy. Like, you see guys doing that. Um, The only other mechanic in that that really frustrated me is there's, like, very, very, very little explanation of, uh, unless you play Dota, the idea of item recipes.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like,
0: you'll have an (laughs) inventory.
1: The first thing I did was Google Dota 2 auto chest item recipes. That way I had the list of all the item drops and how to craft them. Because I had no idea what any of them were.
0: Yeah, they need to have some more intuitive way to like, you know, have all your like, because the other problem is your items are spread out across multiple units. So they, what I think they need to do is have a UI of some sort where, like, if you, like, maybe, uh, like a mouse over, like if you if you push your mouse to the right edge of the screen, a little thing pops out and shows you all of the items that you have across all of your characters. And maybe highlights them if they're able to be combined to make an item. There needs to be some way to like intuitively show you, hey, you have enough items to, you know, craft a new item.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: that was super frustrating for me at the beginning. Even though I know most of the crafting recipes from Dota. I, I When Dota 2 first came out, I played it a lot. I, p- I put a couple hundred hours into that game. So I knew the recipes, but I didn't realize that that was actually a mechanic in auto chess until like my third or fourth game in. Mm -hmm.
1: Or just knowing like how the item drops even work. Right. Because it never tells you, like, okay, the first five rounds are versus creeps. And then every fifth round after that, more creeps will spawn, and each creep that dies has a random chance of dropping an item. And you're just like, what? like what items are available to drop. So you have to look up like the drop list and then figure out like, cause each creeps that spawn every five rounds, it's always the same ones. So now you have to learn like which ones those are. And then if you've never made it to like round 40 or 50, you don't even like know what's coming up. Cause when you get into those later rounds, if someone doesn't have like a strong team comp, the creeps will just kill them. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, this is the thing.
0: Yeah, nuclear goo did, you know, I did eventually learn that nuclear goo. Uh, He said, so when a new item drops, you can right click on it while it's on the courier and it will show you what items it can combine into. Think about how specific that sentence you just typed is. I know. So, that's it. like your courier picks it up. Before you give it to one of your units, you gotta right-click on it to look at what can what you can build with it. But then you have to like remember, okay, well, do any of my other characters out on the board already have some of these pieces that I can use to make this item? Like, it's just a lot, especially with how short the round timers are, it's a lot to try and like figure out in the short amount of time that you have in between turns, especially for a new player. It felt really overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and it's learn- never, sorry, it's never learn- really explained. Like yeah. it, it doesn't tell you, oh, right click on this item.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you learn, you can only get those items back if you sell off that unit. So you're like, oh, I accidentally gave this unit to this one, but I wanted to give it to her. Well, I have to sell that unit. And it's like, but I like that one. That's a, That's integral to my strategy. I can't just sell it. So you're just, you have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. So it it definitely has room for improvement. So I'm actually excited that Valve is going to, because I think some of those limitations that we're discussing are probably limitations of the modding tools for Dota Mm -hmm. 2 because it's just, it's a Dota 2 mod. And as powerful as the tools are, there's nothing more powerful than having the source code, right? So by Valve doing it themselves they have full control and access to the core code of the game. So they can make some of those quality of life improvements probably better than you could do um, in a mod. Plus they have manpower, right? The, the A modding team is how, you know, I don't know how big the auto chess mod team is, but, you know, now that they've got the power of Valve developers behind it, that, that's...
1: I think it's like four or so Chinese developers.
0: Yeah, so, and I I heard the mobile version's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I haven't. That's what it they're yet.
1: really banking on. They're the modders are basically they're like, you guys can build the the standalone Auto Chess for PC. We're gonna build it for mobile because they're in China and the mobile market is just way bigger.
0: Well, yeah, and it was obvious. Like the first time I remember, like when I very first installed Auto Chess, like baked into the game. It's like got the the developer's name all over it and it's like talks Uh about the like they're they're obviously trying to just like get you hooked on the mod and then convert you over to the mobile version because if you go to the subreddit too a lot most of the subreddit like a lot of the subreddit is talking about specifically the mobile version Mm -hmm.
1: although i feel like it's gonna the mobile version will do very well in china but not so well in the u.s just because most people don't want to spend, because the average the game games like, are for long, Auto yeah. Chess is like forty to fifty minutes. If you're, you're like good at the game, like if you don't get stomped early, like you're you're committed for forty to fifty minutes. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like stuck on my phone, just have it plugged in playing Auto Chess when I could be doing something else. Right. So it's like. That's that's going to be a big thing because most people in the U.S. at least like have more access to PCs and don't really spend that much time on their phone playing a mobile game.
0: Yeah, I didn't invest all of the, you know, couple thousand dollars into a nice computer and three monitors to play mobile games all day. If I'm going to play a long mobile game, I'm going to sit down and be comfortable and play it, you know, or if I'm going to play auto chess, I'm going to sit down and be comfortable and play it on my computer. Mm -hmm. with Netflix on one screen and discord on the other. (laughs) So
1: I, and that's what sucks too. Like all these great mobile games, they all require an internet connection. And the, the only time I'm going to be like on my phone for that long is if I'm on a flight and I don't have internet.
0: Yeah, the only what I I you know, I've been using that that program lately cuz when I am sitting at my computer, I'll plug my phone in. Um I have like an open source debugger like full screen mobile tool so that I can like for example crush them all that we've been playing. I have it up on like my third monitor <laughs> while I'm doing other stuff so that I can kind of like play it while I'm at my computer. So that's that's my compromise so I can still play the mobile games I enjoy while I'm Doing other things on my computer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, no, I don't think long form stuff works very well in the U.S. market for mobile. Um, I think short, like I think that's why like Fortnite mobile and PUBG mobile do well is because most people aren't good at it and they die fairly quickly. So it's not a yeah, huge like time. 10 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, you 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 drop in and you get shot in the first building trying to run and get a gun. So you know the games tend to be quite a bit shorter. And I think that works better. Are there, I I mean, I, this is pure ignorance on my part. Is, is that a thing? Do people just, because I can't imagine sitting and playing one game on a mobile for like 40 minutes, but there's like, what's that League of legends clone? Like people play that. There's there's like a competitive scene. I know what you're talking
2: about, but
1: is it arena valor?
0: Maybe. Maybe. I thought it had league in the title.
1: League of Champions? and no, I don't think that's it. But I know what you're talking about. At least outside of the U.S. and a lot of the Asian countries, that is a thing that happens. Just because when you compare the two, most people don't have the money to put down on a PC, which is extremely expensive. When phones are pretty heavily subsidized, ah, especially in China. True. So you can get a pretty decent smartphone for like 200 $300. So it's just that's that's another way like the how the market works since more people spend their time playing games on their phones it's so much bigger cuz like yeah there is that League Mobile game that is pretty big. I know PUBG Mobile has its own like esports scene. Right. So much that there's a couple uh there's a couple couple orgs that have like full sponsored teams playing PUBG Mobile.
0: Yeah, that's crazy to me. Dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember I was I was approached by by a firm to basically make some PUBG mobile videos for them, and I was like, Wait, what? Why? Like, where's the market <laughs> for PUBG mobile? And then I learned it's in China,
0: yeah. No, I guess that makes sense because I remember, um, I guess I forget that like there are other places, yeah, and this is just my first world ignorance, but there are a lot of places in the world where. People don't, you know, it's pretty common for there to be a household computer or for people to have gaming PCs in the U.S. But there's a lot of places in the world where everybody does everything on their phone. They yeah. don't even have computers. They just use mobile for everything. So that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I need to I need to remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember talking to Gandalf down in Argentina, and he was like, "Yeah, PC parts they ain't cheap." <laughs> right like even in Australia like it's extremely expensive but they have the higher income to support it
0: yeah all right well i mean we'll see i i really hope that auto chess i enjoy it it's a fun game i think it mm-hmm. needs some streamlining some optimization some better tutorials um some balancing but overall i like the premise i like the idea of the game
2: Mhm. Uh,
1: it's fun because every match is different. Right. And then it's just so good to just, oh, these units are bad, reroll. Oh, these are bad too, reroll. Oh, that's a good one, you buy it. Like you get that little hit each time yeah. and it's just and you don't even realize how big of a time sink it can be cuz like it keeps you actively engaged the entire time cuz it's in those 30-second increments. Like you don't even realize that 30 minutes has passed cuz you've only viewed it in those 30-second increments
0: yeah no, I think it was a really smart idea to put a a relatively short round timer on it
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, if I didn't have that thirty second limit, I would probably spend a long ass time like theory crafting like what I'm gonna do and best build like i'm I'm that way i'm I'm like a min maxer tinkerer, so like if they gave me the time, I would use it- mm-hmm. um but by forcing you to constantly be just like making decisions and moving forward like you said you don't even realize like the first time i played it i played for like three hours and i <laughs> like looked at the clock and i was like holy shit i think i played like two games or i don't know like it what it didn't feel like i had been playing for that long but the time just went by like it it, uh-huh. it was definitely engaging so i could i could see that what else you've been, you've been playing anything else? you've been playing uh a little Warframe here and there, right?
1: Been playing a lot of Warframe actually.
0: <laughs> I know. I was
1: a lot, but more on and off. I've gone to the point where it's like I have so much free time that I can just devote in a grinding into a game like Warframe, but uh other than that, I think I went back to Hearthstone for a little bit cuz they introduced the uh, the single player it's not a dungeon run, what do they call it? Uh the heist because it's centered around the the latest expansion. And uh this indie title called Pandemic Express was pretty good. But other than that I don't think I was playing too much else.
0: So Pandemic Express, that's the one where you all start in like a train station and mm-hmm. then one and then one person is like infected like they become a zombie and then essentially try and spread it and then yes so i played a mod i feel like it was for half-life or counter-strike that was basically the same premise Mm -hmm. i know that idea has been kind of done before
1: it's been around yeah that's why i was so excited to play it because as soon as i saw the trailer i was like i was back in like call of duty modern warfare 2 not even playing the game, waiting for one of my friends to show up because on their status, it would say Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 custom lobby. And that's when I knew it was time because in these custom lobbies, it was set up so one so one person would spawn, they'd only have a knife and if they killed you, you were put on the team and you only had a knife too. So it was the same premise. One yeah. person's infected and people are trying to fight it. But in that one, it was pretty much just go until... You, no one's left and it was just on the call of duty maps and it was such a fun like game mode to me and when i saw them make it in a pandemic express i saw a little bit of that in it and i was like I'll, I'll give it a shot it looks it looks good
0: so what do you think compared to like the mods and versions of it that you've played before how did it do you feel like it was pretty well designed did it get repetitive I watched some guys stream it and I felt like it got a bit repetitive because I felt like there was like this cave that they all like every, every game, they would all try and make it to this specific spot for some reason. And it just like seemed kind of like it got repetitive kind of quick. Mm -hmm.
1: So from my experience, they kind of, they did a weird thing with the name. It's called Pandemic Express and it really paints that idea of like, okay, Pandemic. So this is zombies killing the humans and express to be like on the train. That's actually one of the four game modes that they have in the game right now which is you leave the train station, you get on the train and you take the train to the exit and you're you're so you're on a rail and they have three more modes that aren't out yet but it's going to be a boat a uh I believe it's called a gondola the one that's like on the like the wires that goes like over mountains and a rocket ship. So It's kind of repetitive right now just because there's really only like one map. And it's the spawns are different, but it's one map. You kind of already know like what the rail system is. Right. And to the idea of they were running to the cave, it's most likely because in each game, there's a supply crate that randomly spawns. But yeah, it's usually in that cave. And the survivors, if you run to it, it gives you the best chance of winning the game. Because you go to it, you interact with it, and it starts a timer. At the end of the timer, it opens up, and there's, like, how many? Like, I think 10 to 15 of, like, four five-star weapons in it. Because guns are rated by star. And it doesn't, I don't think they increase the damage. It just increases the mag capacity. So if you get those guns, you're pretty much set. Because if you have, like, the five-star AK, you have an an 80-round drum. So it makes you really good at killing these zombies or the rocket launchers in there as well. Oh, okay. So that's why people go to it because the guns are really good. Right. But I, in short bursts, I liked it a lot. And I've also, the skill cap is also very high. So that's what's keeping me interested because in the entire time I've played, I have never won a single game as a human. And I've only seen a human team win once. And then the devs were like, hey, we have the number one like player in the game. He's gonna stream for us on the on the Steam page, like watch his gameplay. So I was like there watching it. And I see him, there's a I watch him and I'm like, okay, like how like he's number one based on like number of wins as a human. So clearly he's doing something right. What's happening? And I right. see his gameplay. He, he's shooting at the ground using the momentum from firing the gun to give him extra speed. So he can basically bunny hop faster than the zombies can even (laughs) move. And then another thing I learned, you go up to a building, if you point at like an angle like 45 degrees and start shooting, it'll propel you up the wall. So he's using all these momentum mechanics to his advantage. And it's like how he was able to get so good. Because he knows how to bunny hop. He knows how to be extremely mobile when most people have no idea like that even exists.
0: So those are mechanics taken straight from Quake 3. That's why I got excited. There's a, there's a plasma rifle in Quake. If you jump and you shoot a wall at the right angle, you can climb all the way up a wall using a, a plasma rifle. And then you can rocket jump. And Yeah, there's all kinds of like uh, mobility manipulation you can do with the guns. So that's kind of interesting that they included that mechanic in the game. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that you I mean there's games that have rocket jumping and stuff obviously Overwatch uses that you know it's it's a mechanic that is is tried and tested it's it's a fun mechanic there's something magical about just like propelling yourself with an explosion that like you can't deny it just feels good So that's cool to see them kind of experimenting with those mechanics. It would have been cool maybe if they like made that official and told people, hey, try using your guns for mobility. But
1: Yeah, I think that's why they don't want to. Because I've seen a lot of people like be like, how do people do that? Because once I saw it, I was trying to figure it out. Because I remember takes practice. Yeah, it does. Like I I keep trying to learn how to bunny hop. And the first thing I learned was when you're bunny hopping, take your hand off of the off of the forward key like don't hold
3: the straight. It. yep
1: so and that's so difficult to me cuz <laughs> like by default I, if i'm moving i'm i'm holding down the w key and it's so hard for me to like get out of that so i still can't bunny hop but like all the other stuff i've gotten a little bit better at or like if you slide down a mountain if you're just sliding you're going pretty fast but if you jump off at the angle you get so much momentum that you'll just fly through the map so once I learn how to bunny hop, I'll be unstoppable. But right now, I'm doing all right, doing okay.
0: Yeah, no, bunny hopping, um, it's one of those things where, like, it's so counterintuitive at first when you try and learn it that it's really, really frustrating. But if you can power through it, once there, there's, like, this moment where it just clicks, where, like, mm-hmm. the pattern... Because, like, I don't know if it's the same in that game, but in Quake 3... You essentially have to jump and you strafe one way and look the other way. And as soon as you land, you jump again and strafe the other way and look the opposite way. And it's this—it's kind of like this swinging, like rhythmic pattern that you do where you swing from side to side. And like you said, you never press. If you're doing it properly to get full acceleration, you never press the forward key and it's so essential in Quake 3 that a lot of people myself included it's the only game where i bind the jump key to right click because you the entire time you're playing that game you're bunny hopping through the map you're mo- like if you're not moving at a certain pace you're just going to get picked off and so you like by making your jump button your right click button you're you're easily able to it frees up your left hand to do that 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 strafing looking kind of swinging mechanic and you're just right-clicking to jump and you get that rhythm down. And then you're just, yeah, like you said, you can just fly through the map. Mm-hmm. There, In fact, there's whole maps on Quake 3 dedicated to bunny hopping. There's this map that's over lava and it's these little platforms that get further and further apart at, because if you're doing it right, you'll gain acceleration over time. So eventually the platforms are like, a significant distance apart and it actually has an acceleration meter in the bottom left corner that tells you how fast you're moving like it's it's a it's an integral part of of the quake three experience if you want to like back in the day if you wanted to be competitive you had to know how to strafe jump properly so that's kind of exciting i i think those are fun mechanics like you said they have a very high skill ceiling Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to learn the basic mechanics of the game, but there's a lot of room to just like dominate if you take the time to learn the mechanics. Mm-hmm.
1: And then for the zombies, they actually did a pretty significant like I I want to say nerf, but they said no. We put that we put that class away just so we can test out this new class like in a vacuum, because the zombies there's the basic zombie, and when I was playing it a lot, there was a there was a not a mimic there was a stealth zombie and a boomer so the stealth zombie as the name sounds turns invisible right and just sneaks up on the on the humans and can deal some damage but the boomer was honestly it felt like bs to me but people were telling me like no it's because you're you're new new at the game you don't know how to properly deal with it but i was like eh. there's also a lot of latency so i don't want to deal with that which the boomers when they died they explode so you had to knock them away, like far away enough to where the, you didn't just get one shot because that's also why I think a lot of my games I never won as a human because we would be on the train, come up to an overpass and suddenly five boomer zombies just jump off as <laughs> detonating. So by the time they reach us, we can't get them all. So one of them, so, and then it starts snowballing from there. Right. And then, so they put away the boomer zombie and they added the mimic zombie. It turns into a human but it's really obvious because they don't have weapons. So they're oh, just okay. running around with that, with the bare hands and you're like, that's that's not a that's not a team. But it's just
0: enough where you like even though it's obvious, it's still like that split second of like you see someone and you don't instinctively be like, Oh, zombie. Like you do mm-hmm. that that's I, I like that.
1: Yeah. But they also explode. Uh <laughs> the the radius is a lot smaller, but yeah, they also explode in the in the same way yeah and then the basic default zombies they just have three times the amount of of health and i think that's also a part of the learning curve as well as knowing like one if you can do the same movement as a zombie you're you can catch up to the humans pretty well because they have the guns for bonus momentum you only have the movement right and then something else that they never explained zombies have a grab mechanic where you right click near a human And you pull them into you, and then you can shoot them into another direction, like Ah. wherever you want. So the the key is, you can grab someone, and if you shoot them in a water, they basic they can't use their gun, and they can only swim. Now they get the bonus that they're unmarked if they're in the water, so you can't track them easily. Oh, okay. If you know where you tossed them, like you can, you're gonna find them easily, and that's when you can tear them apart because they can't do anything in the water. Right. And. It's 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 really fun. Yeah. Like it gets a little bit repetitive if I've been playing it so much because the only progression they have right now is like a basic levelless system. Yeah. So that's about it. The only, I guess, if I had to say, I had one gripe with the game is that the zombies kind of have an aimbot, in that they don't have to look at you and like hit you to deal damage. If they get close enough to you, they just have to left click and it'll automatically swipe at you. Uh so as long as they're as long as they're near enough they're going to hit you.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nuclear Goo said uh and I remember this from playing those types of games. He said from what I remember about zombie games, uh the, if you're a human you will die unless you find a way to manipulate the map in your favor. And mm-hmm. that I for some people I could see how that would be frustrating. Most of the time you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. And so it yeah, it's gonna take a while to learn and like find the tricks and the maps and the tricks and the mechanics and all that stuff to get to that level. And I feel like these days with the attention span of most people, as cool as that is, with all those like fun mechanics and like little tricks and whatnot. A lot of people don't have the attention span to learn that shit. And they'll just be yeah. like, I've lost 10 games in a row. I'm done. And they'll go play something else. Mm-hmm. They don't. You that don't...
1: is where I think that they have the advantage because you don't really lose. You join the zombie team.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So at the, so you're like, oh, I didn't. I didn't make it to the end. But now I'm making sure that these guys aren't making it to the end.
0: I agree with you, except for the fact that they featured a guy who was the best player who Uh had the most wins as a human. So obviously, like, there is a certain, like, prestige to be someone who can actually, like, win a game as a human, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's where the real bragging rights are. Mm -hmm. So, Although,
1: it is interesting. All the games I watched him play, he was the only human that won. Everyone else dies. So that's what so that's where the prestige comes in. Like he can win against all 29 other players in the lobby.
0: That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I I I just I just worry that like so what I was saying about Quake 3, they mm-hmm. had the advantage of being the only game like it, right? Because yeah. Counter-Strike was a completely different game. Like Unreal Tournament and Quake kind of competed with each other, but like Unreal Tournament went the more like team-based route. Quake three was really the only like if back when Quake Three was in its prime, it was the only like team like deathmatch game that everyone I remember like everyone I knew played it. We had land parties and we'd play Quake Three for like twenty-four hours. Like mm-hmm. you know, you had you had the two towers map, you had uh you had team deathmatch, you had capture the flag, it had all the modes that you would want. And so you, there was incentive to tough it out and to learn those mechanics and to get better at the game because everyone was playing it. Mm-hmm. There's so many games now that I feel like, yeah, you can have all these creative mechanics and you can make it challenging and all that stuff. But for the casual player who's like, oh, this looks fun. And then they play 10 games and they just keep getting their ass handed to them. They'll probably just play something else. So it's... I don't know. It's tricky because I I'm really excited about the mechanics you're telling me about, but I worry that people won't invest the time to, to really exploit those mechanics.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause it is really fun, but it can like, as I said earlier, it kind of does get repetitive after a time just because it's brand new. Like they just apparently like they did have like a closed early access that people were playing. Which is why some of those players were kinda of like mad that they took out the boomer. Because they were like the boomer's not overpowered. Like there's just so many new players that they're getting destroyed and they think it's overpowered. But so the the split of the player base is there. Yeah. But yeah, it's like as you say, if it's too difficult, people are probably just gonna move on.
0: Unless so I'm kinda
1: waiting for those other game modes.
0: Unless they're good at marketing and they like uh, you know, if you can market your game as like, hey, are you good enough? And like challenge people's pride, you know? Cause that's what, that's what like the Dark Souls games, right? Like the whole point of those games is, oh, they're hard as balls. Like that was the reputation they got is like, it's rewarding because it's hard. And are you oh, good enough people, to beat it? People
1: like, are like, it's not that hard.
0: And right. They're
1: like, oh, I can totally beat it.
0: Yeah. They, they, they fed right into the marketing, right? Cause if mm-hmm. they're like, are you good enough? This game's really hard. And they're like, it's not hard. I'll show you. And then like, yeah, you, you you did exactly what they thought you would do. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, if they kind of maybe take that angle and be like, can you survive the zombie horde? Are you one of the elite, you know? Yeah, The oh, yeah, Mashif nailed it, the The flappy bird effect. It's like that game got popular because your friend, my friend, my best friend, my, the guy who's going to be my best man at my wedding. Mm-hmm. He would never like we we used to play games every day together, but it's not something that we actively talk about anymore. Like we're we don't live close to each other, we're kind of doing our own things in our own lives. I got a text message from him and he was like, Have you played Flappy Bird? And I was like, What the fuck? It was like random out of Flappy the blue. <laughs> what, and he was, what is Flappy Bird? And I was like, What? So I like Googled it, and then sure enough, like it had become this phenomenon overnight. And so I downloaded it and I was actually pretty decent at it. But yeah, that's the whole like, oh, it's hard, but it's rewarding. How far can you get? And everyone was posting their their mm-hmm. uh their, their highest score. Their screenshots of their highest score online and stuff. So yeah, if they if they can find a clever way to do that where they can like market it or have some type of like leaderboard or be like, How are your survival instincts? Can you survive the zombies? Are you one of the elite? Like if they can maybe find a way to appeal to people's pride. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they could have some success that way.
1: Yeah. So right now I'm waiting for there to be a little bit more meat in the game because it did like just enter early access and they're like we're they're talking like we're gonna have like all this other stuff and I'm like all right I'll see you then like I enjoyed the game now but I don't want to burn myself out like right now.
0: Yeah. Cool. I mean, I I actually got a key for it. I just haven't played it yet. <laughs> I got a key it's through, uh, fun. key mailer. I um, think,
1: uh, I think the average game length is like 10, 15 minutes. So it's not like too big of a commitment.
0: I'll have to check it out for sure. Um, I think I want to take a short break, uh, and then we have a beef and then we're, we'll call it a night. Um, All right. but before I go, I did want to, uh, on a more serious note, uh, I did want to mention this. Uh, because there are people who listen to this and I wanted, you know, to let people know to kind of get a, you know, raise some awareness. A good friend of mine, uh, she's also a member of team DLC. Her name is the luck charm online. Her real name is Stephanie. I have met her multiple times. She's a wonderful person. Uh, I've met Josh as well. Uh, I had dinner with Stephanie and Josh in LA a couple months ago. Good friends of mine, uh, Josh was involved in a pretty bad car accident and they are self-employed. They own a gym and various small businesses. And, uh, so financially it's been pretty tough for them. Um, I'm going to post a link in chat. I'll also probably post this link in the description for the, the YouTube video or the, you know, the podcast, uh, page or whatever. But, uh, you know, being self-employed, they don't have the same benefits of having, like... You know, America's all fucked up when it comes to health care. <laughs> <laughs> if you're self-employed, healthcare costs are are through the roof. It's ridiculous. Uh, whereas if you work for a corporation, it's heavily subsidized. So, uh, anything... You know, if, if anyone can do anything to support them uh, as they... I think, you know, it sounds like he's going to make it through. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any, you know permanent side effects or injuries or whatever it's too early to tell but anything you guys can do to to show your support and love even if it's just a comment even if it's just letting them know you know that you're there for them but they do have a gofundme link on that twitter uh that twitter post that i just linked so you know if you got a couple bucks to spare to help them uh you know survive this hard time i I think they would really appreciate it So I know, uh, you know, generally (laughs) I try and keep things upbeat here, but it's, you know, they're, they're awesome people. If any of you have met, uh, Stephanie or Josh, he goes by Prawn and she goes by the luck charm. They're wonderful people. They've been nothing but kind and supportive and, and, and a positive influence in my life and in our team's lives. So I think, you know, we can do what we can to support them. Um, so we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few. We got a hot, fresh, spicy beef for you guys. And then, uh, we'll, uh, call it a night. So see you in a few. All right. Let's, uh, let's do the damn thing. We're back with some hot, spicy, fresh, right off the grill beef. I feel like it's been a while. We, (laughs) he messaged me and, uh, it was like, man, it's weird. It's been such a long time since you've done a podcast like it feels new it feels weird to make a new beef, so some rare beef it's that uh barbecue beef what kind of what kind of beef are we having tonight? green barbecue, Kobe beef <laughs> Uh, so, I'll bring James on. We'll uh, switch over to the media view here and uh, we'll do the thing. For those who don't know, Mashief is a good friend of ours. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Mashief, M E S H Y F. He does a little segment on our show sometimes called Sheaf's Beef, where he uh, gives us two topics that he's not very happy about. And we decide which one is the bigger beef, which one is more annoying, more frustrating, a bigger. Uh, a bigger burden on society, if you will. So we'll take a look at his two beefs and decide which one is the beefiest. Everyone can play along at home. Feel free to pause it if you want to uh, debate your significant other about which one is the bigger beef. If you're in Twitch chat, we like seeing what you guys have to say about the topics as well. So uh, if you're ready, James, I'm all queued up and good to go. As am I, Jimmy. All right. Let's get it rolling. As usual, on go. One. Two,
1: three, go. You need the beefiest of beefs, the sheeviest of sheaves, then get yourself ready. Open up them
3: buckles and eat some beef. It's sheaves beef. Welcome, everyone, to <laughs> the ring. I'm your host, Machief. bringing you this week's hot. Oh, I got cut off. And spicy beefs. Now, we're going to put two contenders head-to-head in the ring and figure out which of the two is the absolute beefiest beef. First beef of the week is... Picky Eaters. Mm, nice. Not, I'm going to preference this. I don't have an issue with kids. I don't have an issue with people that have dietary restrictions because they have IBS or allergies or they have religious issues or whatever. They're vegetarians.
1: That's quite the
3: number of exclusions here. There's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. What I'm talking about is grown adults that can eat whatever they want, and they still can't figure this out. (laughs) If you're an adult and someone goes, hey, have you ever tried uh, sashimi? And you go, no, it's gross. I'm not going to try raw fish. Grow up. Try it. There's people eating it. There's a reason why people are eating it. Just try it. Try it one fucking time. Take one bite. You don't know. Maybe you'll like it. I personally fucking hate olives, tomatoes, avocados. I know that makes me a bad Californian. Those are all things that everyone in California seems to just love. But when I order something and I say no tomatoes and the tomatoes come back, well, guess what I do? I either eat it or I pick it off. And those are the two things that you should do as an adult. Okay. Don't go, oh fuck, tomato may have grazed this burger. I can't eat it. Send it back, make me (laughs) a send it back. I have met people that do that shit, and that's fucking wrong. If you are able to get food, be grateful for the shit that you got and be an adult about it when it comes back. Wrong. Just pick it off. Just eat it. Try new foods. Don't be a picky eater. It's disgusting. Don't be a little fucking kid. Second beef of the week is youtube black hole hmm. and now you got five minutes to watch a video on youtube you just farting around some picture. free picture and you start and then you click yeah i don't
1: think click, that was even tos that was pretty was pretty spicy sudden,
3: your whole night is gone just watching youtube videos the way this happens is it's scientifically engineered to do this the algorithm will uh, that YouTube uses. The algorithm uses watch time as the number one factor for what it's going to recommend next. So the content creators have created content that gets you to watch. Stick around to the end. Watch this. What's next? And what happens? It fucking works. And all of a sudden, your night is gone. And I'm not saying that that's like a horrible thing, but God damn, does it work? It works so <laughs> well. It's it true. works so well that I will sit down to watch a movie and then, you know, maybe like wait for something to happen or whatever and and pause the movie and then you start watching a YouTube video on your phone. And then all of a sudden that's all you're doing. You're just sharing YouTube videos with each other and you're watching that Vine compilation for the 30th time because YouTube knows that you're going to fucking watch that Vine compilation. It is very very good at it. And sometimes you end up in a weird part of YouTube that, you know, you're just confused. Just confused about the whole thing. YouTube's black hole. Is making them money. It's taking up your time, and it's the second beef of the week. YouTube, you're too smart for your own fucking good. Those are the two beefs of the week: picky eaters and the YouTube black hole. Jimmy James Chat. I want you to tell me which of the two you think is the biggest beef of the week. Which one's taking up more time? Which one's bugging you the most? And we'll find out what the right answer is when we come back.
0: Oh, uh, let's see. Where am I at?
1: Three forty nine. On my three forty seven, I'll just scoot right over there. <laughs>
2: okay. Huh.
0: I was actually before we dive into these, I was actually more interested. I was trying to look at what his recommended was because I was <laughs> I was trying to judge him by his. You rec- can
1: peek into his lifestyle by looking at his recommendations.
0: <laughs> exactly. We might we might roll back this video after we debate these topics and judge Mashi for his recommended uh, videos on YouTube. What do you think? You see,
1: it's weird because I, I get why Mashief has this beef, but really only the first one I see being a being a problem for me specifically, compared to just like going down the YouTube rabbit hole. And the reason I have to grab with number one, which is the picky eaters, is because I'm not a very picky eater. You put any food in front of me, I'll eat it. My friends never let never let me live it down that they make sure to remind me that i'm the guy that will consume most fruits skin on you know bananas kiwis oranges
0: no please tell me you won't bite into an orange with the skin and eat it
1: i'll bite it like an apple juice.
0: <laughs> no why I'm just
1: like ah oh, what a refreshing taste it actually depends on the orange if it, if it's too large
0: you are a neanderthal this is not <laughs> i'm not going to let this stand <laughs> make it known now that james just admitted to biting into citrus skin on that i, do. I you're you're going to you're on your way to a serial killer right like i, I i'm not okay with this revelation that you just shared with us
1: i know that's going to be in the beginning of the biography it's like i always knew something was wrong with james <laughs> Eat those oranges skin on.
0: Next thing you're gonna tell me that you don't towel off and you just put your clothes on wet.
1: Oh God, that, that's awful. <laughs> I am like a hundred percent dry when my clothes goes on. I, I don't. Put I do sock on. Once I thought
0: I knew my you, James. Was wet.
1: Wasn't right. All right. Anyways, anyways. So I'll eat pretty much any food that like comes in front of me. And it's because when I was younger, my mom would say, "If you don't finish your dinner, you're not leaving the table." And instead of eating, I would just sit there, let the time go by, 30 minutes, hour, two hours. Now the food's like cold mush, and I'm like, okay, I'll eat it. And that's like horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You condition yourself by eating shitty food.
1: But now it's like any any food, I'll eat it. I have the problem of opening the fridge and eating food that's gone bad because I can't tell that it's gone bad. So like milk, I've on multiple occasions eaten milk that's expired and not even noticed until my siblings try to eat it. And I've told me like, did, did you smell this? And they're like, there's lumps in this, what? And I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't notice. So picky eaters for me, it's not that big of a deal. Although I find it funny, my siblings are very picky eaters, even though like came from the same household. So I guess for the the YouTube rabbit hole, I feel machief's pain because every once in a while, I'll put on a YouTube video for background music and then I'll get distracted by the content. And then I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I see the recommends and I'm like, oh, that one looks good. I click it. And suddenly I'm six clicks down. I'm looking at how it's made episodes once again because YouTube knows if it gets me back into how it's made, I'm not leaving for at least three hours. So I guess if I had to choose the bigger beef for me, it's going to be... Going down the rabbit hole of YouTube.
0: Okay. <laughs> James confirmed no gag reflex. That's that's uh that's wife material.
1: <laughs> you saw the photo of me with the snap filter.
0: That's true. I'd fuck you. Um anyway, I think that uh I think that picky eaters are very annoying, especially – so the reason that one might win for me, it might edge out the other one, but I do have things to say about the other one. But the restaurant example that he gave really – rings true to me because i've been with people you know it's embarrassing as fuck when you're with that person and it's not just the food usually like usually like if they're a picky eater that's just the tip of the iceberg right they're gonna complain about every other little thing their fork has a smudge on it or what like those types of people are the type of people who are just not happy to be alive and they find other like the 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 fact that tomatoes grazed the other part of their burger is just one of many reasons why they're unhappy. And so that that might win for me only because yes, I've experienced that multiple times in my life. I I have a person in my mind in particular that I wish I could talk about, but I can't, that is a victim of this where uh it's an extended family individual, but anytime we go to a restaurant, anytime the slightest thing goes wrong, oh, no tip, oh, gotta send it back. Oh, like my napkin wasn't clean or like the the food part is just one of many problems. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like anal people are anal people in general. And, you know, they the food like they've cordoned off their food on their plate and like yeah. It is it is a problem and i wholeheartedly agree and it resonates with me that that restaurant example probably sold me on the picky eater one however the internet rabbit holes cuz you said youtube specifically but i think it's it's a much larger problem than just youtube i think internet rabbit holes in general there's a lot of smart people who know who have engineered human nature into internet products there's a whole uh a guy that used to work for facebook i forget his name he did a whole panel like A, Q&A, where he talks all about how facebook was designed and how dangerous it is for society as far as just like you know when they realized oh you know when you have a like button you know what that does to people and And just like everything about all of these things online that we use are designed to keep, to manipulate you in one way or another, whether it's to keep watching or to agree or to follow or to spend your money. It's pretty, It's especially when you work in that industry, it's pretty alarming what you start to realize about how all this stuff works and how it's all designed. It's kind of frightening. Um, so I don't know. Like, as far as a larger societal problem, especially when you've got entire nations trying to manipulate other nations through those same tools, I feel like the rabbit hole of the Internet in general is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So like I look at the YouTube rabbit hole that you're talking about but I take a step back and look at like all of it. You took that way further than I did. I I mean I'm just saying like that's just that's just an archetype of a much larger problem because it's true of Facebook, it's true of Instagram like how like I know people who spend a good portion of their day just swiping through Instagram at All of the social media influencers and all of the like bullshit that like it's it's crazy and it's all a rabbit hole like it's so easy to just not stop you just keep swiping. Now I will give Instagram credit because they do one thing they do one thing where they draw that line across i don't know if anyone uses instagram enough to recognize this but if you swipe long enough they draw a line across the screen and it says you're all caught up like if you actually scroll to where you had where your instagram was previously it'll tell you you're all caught up like hey you Mm. got to the point in your feed where everything after this you've already seen before
1: we're gonna stop you right there buddy you already you You've gone past this point.
0: No, they don't stop you from continuing to scroll, but they, there's a little line. You know. They draw a line across the screen and say, you're all caught up. Good for you. So even that's kind of like, then it's like, it's almost like that's I have a problem. Well, no, that's the, that's the new achievement. So the next time you get on Instagram, you gotta scroll until you hit that line that tells you you're all caught up. Until you hit that line, you haven't seen everything yet.
1: Oh, you're right.
0: Right, that's the new, <laughs> that's the new benchmark.
1: Same with it's like I haven't seen everything because Instagram didn't tell me I did.
0: Yeah, same with Reddit, especially if you have Reddit Enhancement Suite installed, because Reddit Enhancement Suite automatically loads the next page when you hit the bottom of your current page. The default Reddit, the old theme, doesn't do that. You had to click next page. You had to click a button that would take you to the next page. So it was less. Uh, it was less of a rabbit hole, I noticed. Like when I'm on a, when I'm on a browser, or when I'm on someone else's computer, or I'm at work or whatever, and I browse Reddit and I get to the bottom of the page and there's that button, there's a conscious choice there. Oh, okay, I should stop looking at this and go do something else. But when you have the auto scroll feature turned on, yeah, it's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. real dangerous.
1: <laughs> like it's bad. I know in my own experience, the only time I stop looking at Reddit is when i hit next and it says oh there's nothing there and i'm like oh guess guess i'm i've seen everything reddit has to offer <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's when i'm like okay I, i've actually i've looked at enough so it, when the when reddit bugs out and doesn't load the next page that's when i know i should stop
0: yeah no but i mean bringing it back to the original argument that Mashif is making even if i just keep it to the youtube one He's right, man. There's times when I'm watching a video and that sidebar, that shit is straight poison because like I'm 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 halfway through the video and we talked about attention span of people these days. Right. Like I'm halfway through the video. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I get it. I know what this video is about. I can watch the rest, but not really. Like I know what I know where this is headed. Mm hmm. I've watched enough videos to know what the conclusion of this video is going to be. And so I start, like, my eyes just start drifting over to the right side of the screen. And I see that one video... That's like, it's either part two of the video I'm watching or it's the same, like, you know, whoever the main person is in the video I'm watching, it's like another video with them or an interview with them or a response to the video I'm watching. It's all so incredibly relevant to what I'm watching that I'm like, oh, I gotta see that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I don't, I'm not fully educated unless I click on that one to the point where I'm so bad sometimes, like if I'm in the right frame of mind where I'll be watching a video and I'll see the sidebar and there's like three videos in the sidebar that I think, okay, I need to watch those three. So instead of just clicking on one because I don't want to lose that sidebar, I I will actually load... I will, I will either control click or middle click, whatever, you know, but for those who don't know, if you hold control and click a link, it opens it in a new tab, or you can also click with your scroll wheel if you middle click. So I will actually start opening the sidebar videos in new tabs, just so I don't lose the original list of sidebar videos. And then yeah, and then Mashif said that's multiple sidebar because mm-hmm.
1: like, I'm not that bad.
0: Well, no, because there's bad been bad. there's been times where I'll click on a video in the sidebar and then I'll watch that and I'll be like, oh, but there was that other video in the sidebar from the last video I wanted to watch too. So I'll like go back and try and find it. And I've I've trained myself to basically be like, no, I'm gonna keep this original video with the original sidebar, and I'm just gonna load those in a new tab so I don't lose the original shit that I want to go back and possibly look at. Like I'm there's like there's multiple branches to to
1: my I'm just like I'm following one path but you're over here like one video splits into three and then it's like a just keeps going it's multiplying as you go down no
0: I've got black holes inside of black holes (laughs) like
1: like the most I've ever done was the most recent one was when I was watching Game of Thrones like like uh not recap, but it's like they come out right after the episode and they're discussing it. I'm like, yeah. oh, like I enjoy what I'm listening to. And then I see on the sidebar, it's like Game of Thrones this. And I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Click it. And then it's like Game of Thrones that. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. And then it just keeps going. And all of a sudden, I'm yelling at the screen to tell me who's the strongest character in the Game of Thrones universe. Because that's the <laughs> clickbait title.
0: <laughs> the other crazy. The other one that's gotten me recently... Is, uh, god damn it, I can't believe I'm gonna admit this, but it's happened recently. When I got my new phone, it has this like thing where if I swipe right, or if I swipe, yeah, if I swipe right, there's like this news feed. Mm -hmm. And in the news feed, there's these goddamn articles that are like, you won't believe XYZ. And they're the most clickbait titles I've ever read. And I'll click on one because I'm like, oh, I wanna see what it is. And then it takes me into this fucking page where it's like one picture. And I gotta click next like twenty times to get to what I actually, dude. I and I and I. Those
1: sites are terrible, dude.
0: And like, it took me a couple times before I was like, I can't believe I fell for this shit again. Like, I'm I get mad at myself because of the black holes that I fall into. That mm-hmm. I'm like, how am I this predictable? Like, how are they that good at tripping that part of my brain that says you have to see this? Keep clicking. Like, it's frustrating. It's the titles. It's so it, frustrating.
1: And you know why they do it, right? It's because by making by
0: no, by multiple audience, pages, is ads they're getting it's <laughs> more and more ads. Yeah, it's, it's
1: like oh, you're I am but a sheep for this company's ad revenue.
0: It's all ad revenue, it's yeah, it's ad it-
1: revenue all the way down, especially when you've like clicked through their 20 like slide slideshow and all around it is just ads. So you've probably seen like you saw all 20 images and probably like 150 ads just all on each page.
0: And it makes me feel gross as a person because, like, then I get to the point where I'm, like, mad at myself for falling for it. Like, it, I just feel disgusted. I'm like, God damn it. Like, there is absolutely – there's no reason for me to care about this at all. And I can't believe I spent 20 minutes clicking through multiple pages of ads for some shitty payoff that has no effect on my life whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm. It's infuriating. It's why I love I forget the name of the subreddit, but it's quite literally people like get find those clickbait articles and someone takes one for the team.
0: It goes to the the end
1: article (laughs) for the answer and then they post it. So like it says the clickbait title. So it's like you won't believe what Michael Phelps does to like train for the Olympics. And it's semicolon. Sometimes it's it says they never talk about it in the article or they just put like what the answer is. And then you you click on it. You look at the the comment and it's from the dude saying it was 44 slides to get to the answer. And you just, you commend that guy for taking the fall for us. And then everyone does it. So everyone can see like, okay, is this article purely clickbait or does it actually have something like worth looking at? And if it's worth looking at, this guy already got it for us.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to send me that link. I want to know about that subreddit.
1: Oh, I'll find
0: it. There's a lot of stuff I need to know about. (laughs) she said clicks on article 10 most insane bridges in Arkansas (laughs) I don't care about Arkansas but I want to see those bridges it's just
1: click that's why clickbait so effective because you don't care about whatever it's about but the way they phrase it you're like insane bridges the top 10 in Arkansas like this clearly acquires requires some attention
0: yeah so I don't know how I always do this. I think I might be the only person in the world who's capable of straw manning themselves <laughs> because like you give me a topic and I go so much deeper for no reason. But like uh-huh. when you, when you talked about the black hole of like, or the rabbit hole or whatever, all I can think about is how much a larger of a problem it is than the specific like YouTube is definitely, I'm guilty of it as we have learned this evening i uh I have black holes within black holes, but like it's 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 a big ass problem in mm. general, how good they are at anticipating human nature across the internet to the uh-huh. point where Sheep that's and
1: I are over here just playing checkers with our ideas, and you're over there big brain forty s. <laughs> Just like the global conspiracy and like they're, they're gonna control us at this rate i
0: it's mean like, it's man. such a problem I mean, that that's why the fucking, that's why in europe they passed that law dude like that every website now has to notify you of cookies of any information that's being gathered about you to alter your experience they have to notify you and it's a european law but pretty much every website has adapted to it because
1: there's no reason not to. Right. Because like we already did it for Europe. Might as well bring it over here. Exactly. We don't have to do it, but since we already did might as
0: well, but that's why they did that because it's, it's that divisive. It's you know, they're every website you go to, they're gathering cookies and they're gathering information that they're sharing with all the other sites that you go to. That's why you go to Amazon and look for a fucking backpack and then you get on Facebook and it's like, hey, check out this backpack. Not only is it a backpack, but it's a backpack for the Marvel movie that you wrote a review on for Rotten Tomatoes last week. Like
1: I'm weak to those advertisements. Dude, it's the one time I go on Facebook, they advertise a hoodie for a particular movie that i'm a big fan of and you know it was a pretty good film for my childhood <laughs> so i just had to go and buy the hoodie
0: i was actually going to ask you about the hoodie because i saw the sleeves the mm-hmm. those are cool i like it's it It's
1: actually a super like
0: that's spirited away the... right
1: uh-huh yeah i can In
0: tell by face. the top of his so head with the eyes
1: the print quality is actually like amazing but i know i would not have bought it otherwise but because facebook was like hey we have all these cool looking hoodies you want one and i was like ah i need a hoodie how did you know
0: and then you when you go to bed that night you're like god damn it the algorithm won
1: it did i was weak cuz it's-, it's like i won't buy a hoodie but if you put like if you make the design the design look this cool and then plaster no face on it, it's like how can I not buy it?
0: Exactly. So I think I may have I think I may have convinced myself that uh, <laughs> the internet black hole might be the bigger beef for me, just because I feel like it has real world ramifications. Mm-hmm. Um, also, oh, here's one. I, pro- I I, hope hopefully I'll ruin at least one person's life right now with this one, <laughs> because it's gotten me so many times that other people must feel my pain. I don't know if anyone spent any time on TV tropes. But if you haven't and you're at all interested in tropes or whether they're TV or movie related, and if you don't know what a trope is, those are like the they're the generic mechanics that are used over and over again in TV and film and you're like, "Wait, I've seen this same type of plot device or trope before."
1: Mhm. I've been there before.
0: Like, for example, there's the one where they compare uh Avatar to um Pocahontas to Ferngully to they all have the same thing where uh guy uh ends up... Guy tries to destroy culture, then Guy becomes assimilated into culture, changes his mind and defends culture, right? Uh, That's a very common one. Uh, And a lot of those tropes are reused over and over again, and there's a... TV Tropes is a website. They've created a database of those narrative tools and those tropes and those mechanics that are used in TV shows and movies. And... The problem is not only do they have the tropes, but they have the movies that use those tropes. But then when you click on a movie, it also lists all the other tropes that that movie uses. And you can click on one of those and see all the movies that that trope uses. It is the worst. I've spent like whole afternoons on TV tropes.
1: Mm -hmm. It's bad. (laughs) Because you read, because especially how they're named too. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, what? You're like, oh, what is uh, like Asian colored hair? What is that? (laughs) Because that one is actually a more recent conversation I had where I was talking to my friend Lydia. And we both noticed like in American media, like if there is an Asian girl that's like the sidekick to the main character, they usually either have a dyed hair, like a dyed color of strip of hair or they have dyed hair like in general. So I was like, huh, like, yeah, I noticed that too. I wonder why that is. So I look it up and it's like, well, because they want to portray this idea of the rebellious Asian girl, that's why they dye the hair to give you this idea behind it. And I was like, wait a minute. They're right. And they had all the examples from like a ton of shows. And I was like, wait a minute. They're right. Yep, this happened every time.
0: Yeah. I, I had to stop. Like I, I had to stop going to that site because a movie would come out and be like, I swear I've seen the same plot line before and I'll go on there. And sure enough, there's like a list of all the other, and then I'll like be like, Oh, what about, Oh, that trope? I okay, It's, it's bad to the point where I just pulled up the website, their catchphrase. (laughs) If you go to the website, it says TV tropes, the all devouring pop culture wiki. They know they know that you could spend the rest of your life on there just clicking on uh, down the rabbit hole of tropes and shows and tropes and shows and tropes. It's, mm-hmm. it's real bad. And nuclear goo <laughs> says, "But you're learning. That's how they get you, right?-hmm
1: it's, th- it's for next week's trivia night, you know, all these tropes.
0: Exactly. It's dangerous. Stay away or don't. Please report. If you do go to TV Tropes and spend an afternoon learning about all this bullshit, I want to know about it. Let me know. Send us an email. Let us know about what tropes you learned this week. The Sopranos and Sex and the City are the same show. Ooh, interesting. I'd, I'd like to look into this. Maybe I'll spend the rest of my night on TV Tropes. Thanks a lot, Machief. So, picky eaters are annoying but I feel like internet black holes are probably, for me personally, a much larger problem.
1: <laughs> quite understandable. You've defended you've defended and articulated your point quite well.
0: I, I see. Well, here to prove my point, I just went down a big ass rabbit hole <laughs> just now. We 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 spiraled down into the the rabbit hole of discussing rabbit holes so you know that should say something about the nature of the internet i guess so i'm gonna go with rabbit holes
1: Mm -hmm. same here
0: dang beat me to it i did i'm self-aware enough to realize what i just did to myself (laughs) all right uh i'm at 349
1: Yeah, same here.
0: Let me switch back to my media view. All right, on go. One, two, three, go.
3: Welcome back to The Ring. Let's find out. Did you get it right? Our biggest beef of the week is... Picky.
2: Boo! I can't say I'm
1: surprised, but now, after the such black a, hole has a special place in my charged heart, argument, Jimmy. very many like, nights dinner, picky eaters doesn't
3: really stand just, up. I, I'll never get back. I don't know where they went. I don't know what I watched. I don't know what happened. It's just gone. But picky eaters is something that's really fucking irritating because you're sitting down for a meal, and everyone had to plan around the picky eater. Oh, we can't go that's here. True. Uh, they don't like that. Um, they can't find anything they like here, or... Ah, gee, uh, we made especially a special in a workplace. I shake it's annoying. I didn't they think about that. Steak, or they don't like turkey. Like, get over yourself. Try new things as an adult. Try sashimi. Go out there and try uh, tripe. Go have a burrito with pig tongue in it or something. Like, I don't know. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? If someone somewhere else is eating it, chances are there's a reason, and you need to give it a shot. And if you're a picky eater, and you're going out to dinner with your friends, or someone's going on a lunch run for you, you can't be. Sorry, you got to bring your own fucking food. Picky eaters, <laughs> you're the biggest beef of the week.
0: All right, well, fuck you, Mashif. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you. I appreciate your beefs every week. They're always fun, they're always thought provoking. I uh I just went a little I went a little hard on uh rabbit holes but uh I I can definitely see what you're saying. I didn't think about the whole angle of group eating. Cuz there yeah. are there that definitely is an issue. It's frustrating as fuck when it's like you really want to go to this really good restaurant but they don't have a vegan option or whatever and so everyone's like, "Oh, but Tony can't eat there. We got to go somewhere else." So that I I could definitely see that frustration. That's uh that's a real thing. Mhm. We'll get sushi sometime. Dude, when are you going to come hang out? You need to head north and come chill with me. Uh once uh once the baby situation settles down for you, Mashif, you should come uh there's a, there's a couple really good sushi places up here. I'll take you to. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Definitely, he says, "Good, let's do it. <laughs> the baby likes sushi. I'm pretty sure there are specific like guidelines against that very thing. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, like do not feed your child raw fish
0: yeah um, I'm pretty
1: I, sure that falls under like the honey category, like don't give them honey either.
0: or what's the other one? Strawberries like- babies aren't supposed to eat strawberries before a certain number of months or something. I don't know.
1: There's a lot. Yeah. Babies are b- babies are weak.
0: Pretty sure my parent my parents fed me all kinds of shit and I was fine, so. Also, I'm all kinds of vaccinated. I'm not retarded. Can I say that? That's probably not okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you know, my parents didn't even have to sit in car seats. The parents held them on their laps. They're like, car seats? What the fuck's that? Get that shit out Safety of here. Safety
1: standards. <laughs> Those haven't been defined yet.
0: Puts hair on your chest. A little car accident. Builds character. Anyway, I'm glad we did this. We needed to get back into the podcast. But, uh, Machief, just so you know, I'm, I'm going to set up a call at some point with me, you, James, and, uh, our good friend Gator Pete, who is our new, uh, kind of content editor. He's helping us behind the scenes a little bit. Um, I have some ideas for the podcast that I want to brainstorm with you guys. So I'm kind of excited about. And uh, we're going to keep this thing going. I'm not giving up on the podcast. I know we took a hiatus. There's a lot going on in our personal lives. Mashif just had a baby. James just finished finals. I'm planning a wedding. Gator Pete just went through a divorce and is probably going to be moving uh, and selling his house in the next, you know, month or so. So, like, we're all just crazy busy. But things should calm down, and we've got some ideas in the works. We've got some things coming up, and uh, we're excited for the future. So, please stay tuned. Make sure you follow. Make sure you uh, check out com, and uh, we'll be back. We're going to keep doing this shit one way or another. The... Uh, the boat will move forward. We'll try and avoid icebergs at all costs. Everything will calm down just in time for the holiday. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, by, by the later this year, once I'm married, once your kids sleeping through the night, once James is back to his normal schedule and Gator Pete's house is sold, like, yeah, it's just, it's been a crazy couple of years. I feel like for everyone. So,
1: mm-hmm stuff
0: happens (laughs) it's like life is a thing or something um but anyway thank you all for being here uh we'll see if uh anyone's on right now we'll go throw a raid at someone and uh love you guys thanks for being supportive thanks for stopping by thanks for participating and if you're out there in podcast land come check us out on twitch i stream Outside of just the podcast, I do stream occasionally. James28 also streams on Twitch. Mashif is a streamer. We're all doing that thing, we're all trying to make it happen. James has a YouTube channel with lots of, you know, even though he's been slacking, he's got all the free time in the world. I'm calling him out right now. I know. Get some videos up, bro.
1: I know. I keep making excuses, but you... it's like I'm not doing anything otherwise.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Pause the music. We're not ending this podcast yet. I have a question for you, sir. I completely forgot. I was like, I'm going to ask Jane. I'm going to put him on the spot. What's up with this girl shit, dude? I saw, I saw your tweet.
2: Oh,
1: that tweet. I see. <laughs> well, I do have... A girlfriend once again.
2: What?
0: I I wish I had an air horn button on my computer. Bah, bah, bah. There you go.
1: But yeah, so if you saw the tweet, you're also aware.
0: I saw I saw a girl I in the comments. Left comet.
1: her in Vermont <laughs> as I went to California.
0: So no, I saw you say something about oh it sucks right when you're about to leave you find out that this girl's crushing on you or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And then mm-hmm. there was it the girl in the comments is that the one? Because she was like, oh no, oh okay. Because there was a girl in no, the comments.
1: I don't, I don't think she knows my Twitter. And I don't think I want to tell her. But but no, she it has was,
0: to accept you for you.
1: Not if I never tell her. <laughs> The internet, James, is an entirely different beast.
0: Hey, you know what? If she, uh, if she can't accept you at your worst, she doesn't deserve you at your best.
1: Oh, that's not even my worst. That's just my weird. <laughs> you gotta ease them into that. Like I, I, I already told her. I was like, oh, I was helping my friend today with a podcast, and then she was like, oh, that's nice. I was like, and I was like, okay, now I'll sprinkle in the yeah. Like, I think this is like the. Like, we're in the 30s for these now, so like, okay, like, oh, he does this kind of stuff like regularly. I see, I see. And then I'll drop the, yeah, so I also do stuff on YouTube and Twitch and all this other stuff. You know, you gotta ease them into it.
0: No way, dude. Just throw it at them. It's like,
1: yeah, so this is poggers. (laughs) This is a kappa. This is Monka S.
0: How many times have you had to catch yourself saying kappa in person?
1: So many times. It's really bad. When you spend that much time as I do on Twitch, you have to make a note. Like, do not say like Kappa, Monka S PogChamp, Poggers in person. Because the whole point is because you know it's text, so you can't relay like facial expression. So it's like, James, you don't need to say kappa. You know how to speak sarcastically.
0: <laughs> Dude, I was gonna say, like, I, I can't remember how many times when we were in San Jose that I heard you say munka S out loud.
1: <laughs> That's the worst one for me, honestly. I like, know.
0: I've heard you say it so many times. Like I've never heard somebody verbalize Monka S as much as you. So I can only imagine if you're dating someone and something awkward or something like, I know in your mind, you're just like trying so hard. Like your brain is saying munka S munka S Monka S Monca S. And you're just like, no, it's
1: like, you can't say it. Just, Use your face, James. You have <laughs> facial expressions. That's what, just make the monka s face.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious. So when do I meet her?
1: Uh, I don't know. Whenever she decides to come down to California, I guess. She is stuck in Vermont because she's taking summer classes, but.
0: Uh, where's she from? I don't know.
1: She's from New Jersey.
0: Oof. It's the other side of the country, dude.
1: Yeah, it kind of happens when you go to school on the other side of the country. But you deal with it.
0: All these long-distance relationships, James.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I keep getting myself into. Luckily, I know how to deal with them, though. So it's not like, oh, man, I'm so heartbroken. (laughs) I'll never see her. It's just like, no, I know how it is in a long-distance relationship.
0: I know how to deal with them, a.k.a. I know how to send nudes.
1: Oh uh, see now you're talking
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well i i'm I'm happy for you man. that's awesome is uh so she's a student at the same school as you I'm guessing that's how you met yes, cool what's her major?
1: She is a... Oh, a burrito. She is a... (laughs) uh, What does she do?
0: Oh, I tried so hard not to make a Mexican joke, but literally you just looked to the side of the screen and said, oh, a burrito.
1: Yeah. How can I not
0: point that out?
1: Just comes
0: right to me. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, what's her major?
1: I believe she does art, but like she's... With a concentration, like, of game art. Because my school has, like, a pretty big game, like, program type thing.
0: And they say, you know, I review games. I got I got 30 keys in my inbox just waiting for mm-hmm. me. Does that turn you on, baby? <laughs> Look at all my keys. You no, know I work in the industry. You know, my good friend, uh, he does pixel art. By the way, I took his course.
1: Oh, you did, Ben's. Yeah, he does good stuff.
0: Yeah, Ben. Ah, uh, I'm forgetting his online name at the moment. Heartbeast. Heartbeast. You Heartbeast. Yeah. You
1: Heartbeast.
0: Mm-hmm. I've I've snuck in on a couple of his streams. We should have him on again. He's he was a good dude.
1: Yeah, maybe when he uh, gets close to releasing his new game.
0: True. All right. Well, I well that was it. I mean, I meant to end by now, but I I that that question was one that was on my list that I absolutely had to ask you about. So, it's official, huh? You gotta. Mm-hmm. All right. When 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 can we have her as a guest on the podcast? Uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get Lady Navio to come on this shit, dude. Every week, I'm like, so you gonna come on? Can we interview you. I understand. It's an uphill battle, us internet folk and our lady counterparts. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Gator Pete, then you're just like, ah, I'm gonna go ahead and date a streamer. But Twitch uh, is not a dating site, <laughs>
1: by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Looks to all the people you know that found their significant exactly. On Twitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's only partially true. It's a, it's a, it's a nerd meat market. All right, let's go, uh, let's end this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm done putting you on the spot now. Let's, uh, who's on? Let's see. If anyone has any suggestions, otherwise I'm going to look. First, I'm going to look at our team. Who's on? Is anyone from our team on right now? Battle Athlete's on. What's he playing? He's playing Sonic All-Star Racing. Ooh might be fun let's see who else is overwatch league is going on pay money wubbies on right now i meant to talk about him tonight because he just had a whole shindig that he went through Ooh, cobalt streak is doing his nerd versus nature i don't know if you guys heard about that but he did a kick uh he did a kickstarter him and uh richard hammer are spending six days in the wild and they're streaming the whole thing and they're starting with nothing they're essentially like they have to build their own shelter make their own fires it's and it's like a it's like a continuous stream of them trying to survive so we could check that out And (laughs) Cobalt, Richard Hammer is much more like hands-on, outdoorsy, fisherman kind of nature guy. And Cobalt Streak is the like, he's the most domesticated, he's married with a kid. And it's just like, even after the first day, he was like, I didn't think it would be this hard. (laughs) He's struggling. But it looks like it's just darkness right now. I don't know. Let's go check it out. Let's go. Uh, I feel like like checking that out. I'm probably going to watch that for a little while before I go to bed. So let's just pop in there. Check out some Cobalt Nerd versus Nager. Thank you all for being here. Please hit us up at hitthebucket.com. Reach -hmm. out to us at hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I know I, I'm sitting on a couple episodes now that I need to edit and get uploaded. Uh, sorry, I've just been really busy, but we're gonna get back into it, and look forward to lots of cool stuff in the future. Uh, good night, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. We, oh, we have is it Memorial Day? Is that the one that's coming up? Three?
1: I believe so. Yeah, this Monday.
0: Yeah, three day weekend party. All right, love you guys. Have a good night
1: hmm Now to chow down on this burrito. Oh shit.
0: It's burrito. Now to
1: chow down on this burrito.
0: <laughs> Can you not roll your R's, James? Not well. I'm disappointed in you.